Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your hunk. Ooh. I'm Doge, and like their ship or their bodies, their written language has no forward or backward direction. Linguists call this nonlinear chunkography. Mm. And I'm Carter. Non-zero chunk game. Wow. Very good. Listen, we said all these smart words, but there was still chunk in the middle of them. It's true. I noticed when you were describing yourself, you said hunk. Why? I did. Um, well, besides the fact that this movie is a movie that I have brought. Right, right, right. Give us the real reason. The real reason is because I still managed to Tell prioritize. Us. Oh, okay. I still managed to prioritize finishing the first season of Gilmore Girls over watching this movie on Monday morning. <laughs> Priorities, <laughs> we dude. Were like, we were like, we're gonna be up pretty late if we have to watch Arrival tonight. Yeah, to check into the Dragonfly Inn. And we were like, we were like, yeah, probably, but you know. We only have one episode left of season one of Gilmore Girls. Also, thanks for spoiling that because that's not the name of the end. Maybe I'm just wrong. I'm probably wrong. No, you're not. I don't know anything about Gilmore Girls. That's a real Rory move of you, Carter. Sorry. Ah, that's why people always compare me to her. So if I had to guess, Gilmore Girls is about... Yep. What it sounds like, maybe a group of high school seniors. You're out. Nope. Nope. Hey, there's a lot of Pop-Tarts, huh? I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently that's a thing in the show. There's a lot of Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts and coffee everywhere, as far as the eyes can see. Boy, I, I sure hope people all. who download this episode have watched Gilmore Girls, or they're going to be as confused as me. Everyone's Chelsea already knows. stopped listening by this point, so it doesn't matter anyway. Hey, something cool happened. What? What? Tell me. While we were recording. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so this podcast continues to... Uh, roll, blow minds. Blow minds. Roll down a hill like a snowball. Some mm. call that snowball. Oh yeah. Snowballing. Let's start that. Actually, we're going to start that phrase. We made it up. <laughs> Anyways, we continue to do better and better and better every month subscribing. It's been like nine consecutive months, more downloads than the month before. Well, May it's has been big. It's almost a full baby. That's a full May, gestational May period. had been big, okay? May was more than 5,000 downloads for May. Wow. For a month. That's 
crazy. But we, we we just crossed that threshold like basically live a few minutes ago. Not too yeah. long ago. Like we checked, we're like, okay, we're four off. I checked again. We were 32 past it. Like <laughs> in the span of like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's just kind of what's happening. You right know now. what? I think people could sense that the big chunk energy we were putting we out really into that. the world. Yeah. While we were recording mini like, Monday must, just a second must ago. Must download. Yeah. yeah. There, I don't know what's happening to me, but I feel compelled. It's pretty cool because we had set a goal of like, let's okay, well, it would be a super success if we had 50,000 downloads by the end of the year, yeah. right? That we'll probably have that by August. That is wild. That is We don't even know that many humbling. people. Yeah, we don't That's say that amazing. enough. We don't pay to monetize this show in any way. Yeah, like nothing. If, if somebody new hears it, it's because one of you shared it with well, them. Well, let's be transparent. We've paid for a couple bad Facebook ads. <laughs> That's fair. So maybe some of you are here and, and bless your soul for clicking on that ad and That's still coming here. home. That is why we you're love here. you. That's fair. <laughs> but we're here to talk about a movie today. Oh, we usually do that, don't we? Yeah. I know you forgot, but I'm here to remind you. That movie is... Arrival. Arrival. Okay, thank goodness. That's the one I watched. Okay, so, good. Yeah. yeah. No, we're all on the same page then. Great. Which is great. Doge, you want to do me a flavor? Yish. Give me a synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> this week's guest synopsis comes from a... <laughs> Jordan and I were mirror images of each other. We were like, oh, we can't do it by ourselves this week. You know what? <laughs> this all has to stay in the episode, just FYI. <laughs> this week's guest synopsis comes from a mystery IMDb user who leaves no name. Wait, you could do that? <gasps> what? I, apparently you can. Maybe they put their name as like Spacebar or something. But <laughs> oh, that's funny. This one somehow manages to be completely accurate. And only just sentences about the movie rather than a synopsis of the movie. Okay. <laughs> Linguist Louise Banks' daughter, Hannah, dies in adolescence from an incurable illness. Twelve extraterrestrial spacecraft appear at 12 locations across Earth. A U.S. Army officer, Colonel G.T. Weber, recruits Banks and physicist Ian Donnelly to find out why the aliens have come. Weber takes them to an alien encampment in Montana near one of the crafts. On board... Banks and Donnelly make contact with two seven-limb-ed aliens. <laughs> That's seven-limb-ed aliens. No, thank you. Whom they call heptopods. Donnelly nicknames them Abbott and Costello. Banks and Donnelly wow, begin the researching really their written language of complicated circular symbols. As Banks studies the language, <laughs> she starts to have visions of a child who seems to be her daughter, dot, dot. So it seems like maybe they misunderstood the beginning of the movie a little bit. I'm not sure what it seems like they understood. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm going to do something a little bit different than how we normally approach the ending surprises of movies, which Makes is sense like... while you're not wearing a shirt? I mean, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's a little hot in here, so... Yeah, go. I'm going to go ahead and assume that if you're listening to this, you've already seen this movie, and I'm going to give you three seconds to turn it off if you haven't. One, two, you should be gone by now, three. So this movie begins and ends roughly the same, um, sort of with similar imagery and similar sounds. Um, and one of the things that is changed by the end is we understand that the beginning scenes were the ending scenes. Yep. Um, we realized that the the little girl and the mother-daughter relationship we saw had not yet occurred in this story. Wow. So I'm going to do something yep. really weird here. Okay. My super pump, I know. From the beginning. I know. Um, it's actually the song. In a movie where I love almost everything about it, 
the song takes my breath away every single time. This opening song? Yes. Did you know that's not Johan Johansson? I know. Okay. I know. And he he that's why he did, his, that's why he didn't get yeah. He voided his eligibility but for agreed. an Oscar. It's amazing. Yeah. It's called On the Nature of Daylight by a guy named Max Richter. And uh, I have listened to this song upwards of three digits worth of times on my Spotify. It's Does it on make my, you like top of 2017 yeah, and every stuff like time. that? That's crazy. Every That's year funny. since this movie came out. So this mo- this song is in a couple other movies. It's in... Um, Shutter Island. Shutter yeah, Island. Shutter Island. It's in... A, it's in um, I think it's in the Tom Hanks movie where he's in the airport. Um, terminal. terminal. I think it's in Terminal. Um, but this song... This song is this movie to me. Like, I hear this song and I'm instantly in... Like, when I watch Shutter Island now, I'm like, that's a rival. Get out of here. <laughs> um, but th- this song bookending this movie, yeah, a movie that is about life's bookends and is about what is a beginning and what is an ending and questions both of those ideas and, and what their purpose is. And um, this song is so emotional and poignant without saying anything. Yeah. And I feel like in a movie about the necessity of communication without really saying anything, a song that can make me feel this much without saying anything sort of serves as the pinnacle of that communication of this movie. And yeah. just let it be known that that it is going to be impossible for me to be objective about this movie. So I went ahead and made my super pump this <laughs> so that we could get out of the way. That's it's fair. only uphill from here for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. With all that out in the open. Yeah. Let's talk about how this movie starts. Let's talk about it. We get the song. Mm-hmm. We get actually we get enough producer credits at the beginning to feel like an indie flick. Yeah, that's, the, so, that's an interesting the thing. Opening yeah. studio title. Oh yeah, sequences, it was like five or six it goes different ones. Forever. Yep, it is crazy. But we get this song on the nature of daylight set to a really sweet mother daughter relationship. Yep, of a baby come back to me. Growing up. Yeah. This this rivals the beginning of Up to me. In yeah. terms of just like, oh, really sweet. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, it really does hurt. Yeah. Like a lot. Yep. Um, I think that Amy Adams does a lot here with um, just everything that she's been given to kind of convey the pain and the sadness. Yeah. Um, we, see, we see Hannah diagnosed. We see Hannah die. And we hear come back to me. But this time in a much different context. And then she's at school. Yep. And she's gone straight into school teaching. Uh, she's a linguist. Yeah. So she's teaching some history of language. I think it was they were going to talk about Portuguese, one of the romance languages. Yeah. Does that um, does that hit home for you in a cool way? Not linguist. Right. The, a linguist is someone who had put all of their intent, attention, communication attention in language. Language, right. Whereas what I do is like more theory and stuff. But regardless, like, wow. This was already one of my favorite movies. But to now have the lens of being a communications professor. And what a fun, uh, another connection outside of the last three being sci-fi movies. But that we have some professor protagonists in more than one movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's just really cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, just to see it from this lens and how fascinated she is with it. Um, And yeah, it also took me straight to a place of... You know, it's this massive thing that's happening in the world. It made me, I was, how old was I? I was 12 again. No, I was 11. I hadn't turned 12 yet. And it was September 11th mm, yeah, of uh, 2001. And I had, it was like, I was during, it was like a snack break. It was like this weird 30 minutes between courses or something where you would get like a snack. Yeah. And I'm walking by the library and one of the TVs had been rolled out in the library and like 10 
of our teachers were just watching the screen. Yeah. And I sat there from the doorframe watching the the towers like smoking. It was before the second one had hit. And they do a great job of portraying the standstill nature. Everybody turn your TV on. Everybody stop your class. World big question mark. Like what just happened? And you don't even get to call this terrorism, right? Because we we don't get anything that says they are a threat outside of them being a mystery. And right. so the threat was ignorance. That was like, I don't know what this is. But yeah, anyways. Well, and, and I think that is it was great. what is so unique about the setup of the aliens in this movie is there is no... So I, I was reading something very cool, and it was the idea that these aliens traveled hundreds of thousands of millions of miles to get to Earth and stopped 20 feet above the ground to make humans reach out for the last 20 feet. Love it. It's the it's the whole hitch kiss thing. Yeah, ninety eight <laughs> yep. or what is it? Ninety ten or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll go ninety. You go ten. Yeah, but 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 really, that is so interesting because yeah. the first contact is on us as a species, and and I I just think it is a really unique take. And and Denis didn't even write this story. This is from a short story called right. "The Story of Your Life." Yep. Um, and there's some 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 minor and some pretty major changes made along the way. But, but that that, that part, author would say like. This is simultaneously an amazing adaptation and an amazing yeah, movie. Yeah, he, he jumped in and said, this is just about perfect. Which would be as if I was Denis, I would be like, okay, well, thank you. As I'm much glad. confidence as I would have going into it, be like, well, this is the icing right here. Right, 100%. So. But yeah, I, I think that, and, and we'll get more into this, but a story about aliens arriving that is not told in a story of necessarily war or fear or anything, but more along just like, how do we talk? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting too that it's, I'm really liking how, so a similarity between alien and arrival is like alien screen time. It feels similar. Yeah. Like actual, like see you fully alien screen time, except this is in a completely different way, right? Like there's, even though the, the, thought and just the mass of these things when we eventually see them is scary. Like there's something scary about not deeply, knowing. Deeply frightening to me. Very much so. Um, but it's definitely not horror. But it's sure. kind of fun to see different takes on it. Sure. And to know that Denis has some, and I'm sure he does for Spielberg too. I mean, what director doesn't? But yeah. um, with the Blade Runner connection, like we know he has some like... um he really looks up to Ridley Scott. Sure. Probably so what he had done. In, the Spielberg thing you mentioned, there's in particular a really, really long shot of Amy Adams when the aliens land, uh, where she's just looking, looking at the screen. She's yeah. watching the screen. It's very and Spielberg we, face. We hang tight on her face forever. That's, we talk about in other episodes, it's Spielberg face, um, most famous in Jurassic Park, right? Right. When they get out of the Jeep and uh, they're looking off camera, and then Hammond says, Welcome to Jurassic Park. And then we cut and see what the characters have been looking at. It's a really, really inexpensive way to add a ton of suspense to any Goose big dramatic moment. Yeah, right. And I and I love I love the shot of Amy Adams here with her face lit dimly by that TV and it's reflecting in her eyes. I think it's really cool. I need to do it now. Amy Adams is my super pump. Makes sense. She she has more Oscar nominations at this time than the rest of anyone involved combined. Yep. Um. And she still hasn't won. I am ready. Nothing for this movie. She didn't even. Yeah, she didn't even get nominated for this, which is wild. And I am ready to campaign. Like I will be like how people freaked out when Leo finally won an Oscar. Yep. When Amy Adams gets one, she deserves it. Throughout this entire movie, and I'll trust me, I'll come back to it. Her best. I mean, she completely acts. I don't know how to describe it, but like when she is listening 
when she is not saying anything, even some of the scenes where we get her in the hazmat suit and the way she breathes. Yeah. Like Amy Adams did something much like a, like a good soundtrack will when there's no words that I just- like ambiance almost? I, I realize I'm breathing the way she is. Yeah. yeah. It is so immersive. That's cool. It's it's just brilliant. But Amy Adams is my super pump. And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a long shot because it's a great movie. And there was a lot of other concepts and different things that I would do it for. But my goodness, what a travesty that she didn't even get a nomination. Isn't that crazy? And I don't think that bothers her, right? But that doesn't mean Probably that not. it doesn't get to bother me. It's well, just like, I, but I think she would be honored if it if she I mean, did win, you know? Yeah, it is it is so crazy that that didn't happen. But anyways, yeah, from a span of like 2008 to this year, she's had six nominations. Oh my goodness. Uh, wow. Which that is, is just amazing because yeah. she did for Vice and it's like doubt Vice, it, American Hustle. American Hustle, that's the one. Was one yeah. of the ones too. And American Hustle, she was with Renner as well. Oh, right? yeah. So. I forgot he was in that. Speaking of. But, man, I love him. Yeah. He's great too. So, um, and we, we can actually get to him pretty quickly because sure. what we get at the beginning of this movie is a lot of um, sort of the, the, the wide-eyed panicked look of what now? What now? Is what yeah. everybody's asking. Yeah. And... Um, and Whitaker, I guess, happens before Renner. Yeah. So um, she's actually, um, Louise is approached by the army. Yeah. And basically they say, we need a translator. Can you translate this? To which she says, well, I need to be there. And they tell her that's a long shot. And then she basically um, elbow drops the oh, other professor. So many elbow drops. And says, okay, you can go with that dork if you want, or yep. I'm right here. Yep. And uh, of course they come back. They come calling in the middle of the night. And uh, with a helicopter, which is a good way to convince somebody to do things. Yeah. I love her line here uh, when she's asking for the translation of war. She was like, the other guy you're about to ask, ask him to translate the word for war, the Sanskrit, Sanskrit word yeah. for war. Colonel G.T. Weber yeah. says, what's his name? The other doctor told me that it means a disagreement. What do you say? And she said, it means a desire for more cows. He's and like, then he's All right, pack, pack your, bags, your bags, let's go. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That little <laughs> thing of like, and I think this movie does a great job of explaining the nuance of language yeah. in a way that is easy to understand. Her whiteboard like, scene in particular, yeah. I think. I love that. I love that that's a recurring theme that we come back to. Yeah, I completely agree. I have, and this might be my worst super dump uh, ever. And it's not because I'm like grasping for one, but it also is. <laughs> um, so in this same year, Forrest Whitaker did another portrayal that kind of let me down because of who he is. But in the same year, he was in Rogue One. Okay. And... That was cartoonish in comparison. It was cartoonish in comparison. Like, not for the movie in general. I'm just saying, like, for his role. Right. But even here, I didn't like it. Like, I... Oh, really? I think because I wanted more... It wasn't quite like Terrence Howard in... But this could just be a Denis thing. Like, I'm just going to put, like, the top, top people in every role. And maybe that's what he wanted, is for me to want more. Sure. This also might be the first one where I change my super dump, because I might think of something else. <laughs> but there was a couple things too. And again, it's really rude of me, especially in a place like America. Like, I wouldn't walk up to someone and be like, I don't like you because I can't tell what your accent is. Right. Right. <laughs> that's rude. So right. maybe I'm being rude right now, but I couldn't follow. It's supposed to be Boston. Woo. <laughs> I didn't think so. But anyways... And again, this is me trying to find out my identity in my super dump right now. <laughs> I'm being really vulnerable today. Sure. But Bear right yourself. now, it's it was his portrayal of this character. Okay. Fair so. enough. But regardless of whether you liked him or not, she liked him enough to hop up on the helicopter. That's right. And uh, there is where we meet Ian Flynn. No, that's Very Jurassic James Park Bond. right here, too. <laughs> Ian Donnelly. Donahue. Donnelly? Donnelly. Donnelly. Every time there is an intro, like a, a meeting on a helicopter, Did going into a wonderland. 
Doctor Park, Doctor Ian, with glasses. Yeah, right. Like I got a hundred percent Jeff Goldblum vibe from Jurassic. Yeah, I think Park it's here. fair. It was great. Um, but we get some cool interaction with them, and we start to see sort of their the way their dynamic is science versus language. Right. And yeah. they respect, I but love don't that. understand. Love and it. I think that's cool. I love her quote of language is the first weapon drawn in warfare. Yeah. Um, I think that is really interesting and also is our thesis statement if this is a paper. Yeah. And yeah. he's, I mean, he's, is, are you saying like, was that her quote or that he's reading what he's she reading had? Her yeah. Quote. Her intro to the book. That's yeah. right. That's what I meant. Her quote of, from gotcha. her paper. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really cool. Um, specifically with, how everything sort of plays out here. And I think it yeah. shows the respects he ha- the respect he has for her from the start. I agree. Which is a great foundation for what their relationship would be. Like it wasn't it didn't necessarily have to be earned. He was going to learn new things, but he didn't have to learn to respect her. Right. Which was yeah. cool. I, I completely agree. I, their relationship is one of the best things about this movie. Yeah, and the it. way they not only work together, but do fall in love, mm-hmm. you know, through that work and yeah. watching each other do what they're good at. Renner just feels like he'd be such a good friend. Yeah, I completely a, agree. Such a loyal and you, guy. You mean Renner in real life? Yes. Yeah, I want to hug him. Yes. I, I feel like he would be the one to, even if he had something to do back at home, he's going to stay and listen. Yes. Hey, shameless plug, if you know Jeremy Renner, we have a great opportunity for you that we'll talk about <laughs> later. <laughs> but we want to hug him. In person. <laughs> so we get one of the coolest shots of the whole movie upon arrival to the site, which is... The shell floating in this what a big pump field. What oh a big my pump. goodness! Who would have thought something as minimalistic and simple as this would be so awesome? Yeah. Well, and, and it's almost scary because of how nothing it is. Yes. You know, it's, it's not it, moving around. It is. It's not disturbing. It is anything. imposing only because it shouldn't be shaped like that. It shouldn't be able to stand like that, and yep. it shouldn't be here. Yep. I, I would like to posit this and see if you guys agree with me. It was in this scene in particular that I started to notice it, but then for the rest of the movie, I couldn't kind of get this thought out of my head. Tonally, does Man of Steel think that it's a rival? Obviously not literally, but like... Uh, not you know, what Is I mean? that like, what it thought it had landed at? That's funny because right. Amy Adams is in both. It's funny, and maybe Amy Adams was the connection, but it still Except feels a little bit like... Like the way that this movie is shot, the way that things happen and continue to escalate, something about it just feels like what Man of Steel attempted to be, mostly successfully. I think Man of Steel is largely enjoyable, but there's something vaguely Man of Steel about the things going on. And maybe it's just a realistic look at it. It might be pretty vague. I, I think it's not, a, I wouldn't completely write it off. The movie is tends to be a little blue and grayed out. Yeah, in ways that Man of Steel it looks as like well. Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, but it. it for me, at least, I'll just speak for myself. It's it looks like I think you're right. What Man of Steel thought it was going to look like when it shipped. I yeah. think he, he there was some phrase or something. Denis wanted it to and he, and the cinematographer wanted it to look like dirty, dirty sci-fi. Is dirty what they sci-fi, called it. Yeah. and it's like a kid looking out of his school bus on a rainy Tuesday. Yeah, and imagining these things happening. So this cinematographer, whose name I can't remember right now, not Roger Deakins, it's not Deakins. Yeah, um, I would be okay with him being the cinematographer for Dune as well, because clearly. Oh, man. This aesthetic he can get down on. Yeah, 100%. So um, upon arrival, <laughs> I'm going to tell that joke a lot, to the camp, we uh, get our immunization boosters. And, I mean, you get thrown right into it. I mean, we suit up and we... So the soundtrack here is so weird and industrial and gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Johan, it's incredible. Johan Johansson... Out of the park. It, the, my favorite song comes a little bit later, but um, oh, I mean, like, there's so many like guttural, 
Yes. Brass. I don't know what to call it. Like, so he, like, he uses at one point, and it's when we start to make our first progress with the um, translation. Uh-huh. We'll get to this scene in a second. But yeah. when, during that, he he had written this song that he intentionally used nonsensical words and phrases to build as though you're not understanding a language that's going on oh, around you. But that, this like, song was almost my super that, like, pump. No, 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 no. You know yeah. what I'm yeah. talking about? So yeah. it's called, the song is called Heptapod B, which is <laughs> in the book, there is heptapod so cool. A, which is their spoken language, and heptapod B, which is their written language. I just so love really- how it is so sci-fi classical name. How fun is that? Yeah. That he went in and like yep. basically went off stuff like canon in D. Right. And all this kind of stuff and was just like heptapod yeah. B. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, that's so nerdy and amazing. It is awesome. That's a, such a cool song. His soundtrack might as well be a character. I could go on forever about his soundtrack. Love when movie. that happens. It's incredible. But yeah. we end up... Um, Going up, changing our gravity, and walking Woo. into the ship. Ooh, that gravity change is so is good. I mean, so good. one of the weirdest and coolest effects. And I can't help but feel in the like hazmat suits that it is alien inspired when they're out on the planet going to get the egg. Maybe a little bit. Um, with the lights inside the helmets letting and us see their faces. And all you can see is the glow. And, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And you know what? Uh, to point out the soundtrack again and then even like the acting in general it is so everything that is futuristic even even the cloudy heptapod first looks is so not flashy that yes i think they recognized flashiness didn't need to drive it like literally all we have are just shapes like shapes are the future like it's a long massive rectangle rectangular Hallway. That's yeah. all it is to a to a window. That's all it is. But they do these things where it's just like the change of gravity. Obviously, is really cool. You don't see that much. I was taken back to like Inception when yeah the in buildings. The oh yeah, all, yeah. all oh, the, kind the of crazy hallway, stuff yeah, that call. they do. That's um, awesome. But it's so cool. But we walk down this long rectangular hallway and we end up in. Um, I don't remember if there's a name for it. it's the an aquarium. Area. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's an aquarium basically. Yeah. Um, but when we get there, this reveal shot of the aliens swimming through this fluid to end up at the window, I would argue is the best shot of the movie. Did you see it in theaters? Yes. No, no, no. Sorry, no, I did not. Neither of you did. No. I saw this movie in theaters. I wish I had. Wow. Like, especially with the soundtrack too and how much deep, like, especially when the heptopods talk and the soundtrack, (sighs) Mm. but this, I leaned back. Yeah. Because I was, I, I mean, and at this point too, your first watch, you're like, I don't know. What are they going to look like? I really yeah. don't know if these are good guys. Uh, super pump. This scene? Is this scene, and in, in this scene specifically, just the heptopod design and the way that the, those creatures move around and their written language, the design mm. of that. Did you read everything. their inspiration? No. Yeah. For the heptopod shape? No. It was spiders. Yuck. The human hand. Yuck. Blue whales. Yuck. The Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper is when you get the kind of the, the head At layer. the end. When yeah. you, he, his his like idea the was hood looking. the yeah. final reveal to look like you had been watching the bottom of the Grim Reaper the whole time. Wow. It's so cool. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, Maybe it's my favorite great, alien look I'm a big, ever. big sucker for cool creature design. I am too. Uh, yeah. This is some of the coolest alien design oh, I've ever it's seen. so cool. They're physically imposing to the point of almost being nauseating to me because yes. of my fear of underwater animals. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, so, yeah. like, the way they, like, swim and are kind of squiddy and spidery, which are two things I don't love so yeah, much. And, like, yeah. uh But, I mean, it really at some points looks like a hand, like, to the point of, like, knuckle muscles yeah. and everything. Yeah. Well, and then they even give it kind of these 
deep, not like cavernous, but it looks like eye sockets at times yeah. too. Yeah. Totally. I completely agree. And so um, this begins sort of the meat of our movie, um, which is the learning process, us from them and them from us. Who could have thought that there was going to be so much time dedicated to a learning process, but it would be so captivating. I know. And we're going to talk about that. But first, got to take our hazmat suits off, uh, shower off some of the potentially dangerous chemicals, and step into uh, the time for Sean Athletes. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. You sounded like a heptapod at the beginning of that. <laughs> so, we want to give a big shout out to Wax Space and Tyler Station. We are often on your premises, recording podcasts, drinking your coffee, and using your toilets. Thank you so much for all of those things, especially those the toilets. potty zones. Potty zones. And we want to give a shout out to podbean.com. We pay you money. We put stuff on you. That stuff is our podcast. Podbean.com. Want to give big chunky shout outs to Jordan Green and Colton Kingston for sending in pumps and dumps about Alien. Thank you. Uh, Our recording schedule's been a little bit off lately because we're busy bees. And we haven't been able to do our usual Friday times. Uh, Doesn't stop us from keep Keep it on giving that content, though. Mm. You know Keep it saying? on. We're never going to stop. Content. We're never going to stop, and that's a threat. <laughs> and then Story Shape Life, want to give them a shout-out again. That's Sam and Ben Larzabal. Uh, they are doing um, some fun stuff about the narratives that we create for each other. Uh, episode 7, which Jordan's one of them, but he's not on the podcast. He didn't... I'm not. Well, he no, made no, it I'm like how sure Doge... Ma- okay, so maybe you are. Like the, <laughs> the random screams every now and then. If you listen to it backwards. Oh, their right. podcast is a circle. From out in the hallway, you can hear me be like... <laughs> so shout out to them go give them a listen subscribe uh, download but before you do that because I'm not always on that podcast I'm on this one I need sure. you to subscribe please I need you to download please. I need you to rate please I need you to review please for many reasons and vomit yes sorry or I can't share. read that I share can't. was the oh, hand share. motion Thank I you. tried to make yes if you believe in love after love you should share <laughs> If you believe in love after love, I can feel something inside. So be sure and do that. Another first try. I'm here just tonight. Um, so please do those things. If you believe in love after love, and you also believe in movies after this one, tune in next <gasps> week do. where we're so doing good. the last movie of Chooser's Choice and my second Stevie Spiels flick. We're talking about E.T., the yes. extraterrestrial Yay. next week. Yes. Rounding out each of us, so round, un, unbeknownst to the others, picked a movie about first contact. Mm. Very different aliens. Yeah, yeah. very, very Three different approaches very different different to aliens. aliens. Next week, we're going to be talking about ET and eating all the Reese's pieces that we can. Well, we in this case, have ET stands for everybody tune in. Oh, that was good, but it's my movie, so I want to say that. In this <laughs> key, in this case, ET stands for everyone tune in. Oh, that's so clever. <laughs> very good Thanks. one. Speaking of clever things, we issued a challenge last week. Yep. And I can't we help did. but notice that I have not met Oprah or Ellen yet. Not yet. So we want to remind you, our goal is for our second birthday. That's October 10th of this year. Yes. We want to be famous. Famous. We want to have a celebrity onto our podcast to have and to hold for approximately 10 to an hour. And we need your help. Yeah, because our Rolodex is so 
dry. So much big? Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> we can't make too. a choice ourselves. That so we're just going to have to choose whatever scrub you know. Yeah. So practically how this works is if you know somebody who is even a little bit famous, we're talking all the way from Pete Delkis to Madonna. <laughs> Pete Delkis is a DFW weatherman for those of you non-local Who vocals. doesn't know who Pete Delkis is? Uh, Pete Delkis. We're talking about anywhere from, from Pete Delkis to Madonna. If you know anybody famous at all, we want to interview them and we want to talk with them about movies because that's something that we all have in common. It's true. So you will, if you love us, you painted yourself into a corner I on that sentence. <laughs> Follow through. If you love us, you will <laughs> send us, email us the names of your famous that you know <laughs> for us to know too. Please remember this and write that as like our tag. <laughs> you will do a email celebrity us the name us. of your famous. And lastly, in the and social mostly, and mostly even in the social sphere, you may have already noticed we've put out a poll mm-hmm. on our website, and that poll is going to help us decide what it's going to help us decide what six movies will be a part of Summer of Love Two, mm. Return to Summer, Return to Summer. You've prepared something for Return to Summer, haven't you? For us to listen to, I have, and it starts right now. Last summer, we fell in love. This summer, prepare to fall in love all over again. Get ready for an all-new adventure with Carter. I love you. It's raining, and I love you so much. To ride tandem bicycles with Doge. I bought you this box of chocolates, but I dropped it off our bike. And to share a milkshake with Jordan. Please, my mother-in-law, just let me get inside and talk to her. It, it was a misunderstanding. In Summer of Love 2, Return to Summer. Wow. Wow, that's it's so gonna good. It's going to be really good. Totally good the first time I've heard it's gonna it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. So anyway, vote on that. It'll close soon. So make sure you... Get all over it. Head on out to the... And now that I'm stuck in this prospective voice, we're going to go back to the show. And we're back. 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 So here is where we begin our climb to understanding one another. And it kind of begins with this whiteboard scene we mentioned earlier. Um, Louise is frustrated with the army's desire to sort of ramrod headfirst into yep. communicating. And Louise is saying, you yeah. don't even understand what that means. And she she writes on this board, what is your purpose on here on earth, right? Yeah. Or what yep. is your purpose on earth? Yep. And she starts to break down, okay, well, you know, they, they need to understand purpose and they need to understand the What's royal the question? you. Yeah, like, like not yeah. you specifically. We don't care about Bob Alien. We care about, you know, you guys as a whole and, you know, Earth is this planet. Why are you here? What are you doing? That means yeah. they have to understand. And so it really begins to break down the nuances and struggle of her real job here, which is yeah, to completely build a method of communication and relationship with these aliens and also make sure that they are safe. Yeah. And what's cool too is like, it wasn't just the fact that she was smart and knew more about 
language than anyone else. It wasn't just that. That played a huge role. Sure. But it was also the fact that she just had this gumption. Like she was just going to give it a shot. Well, and, and just go out like in a room full yeah. of men that had been there for much longer than yes. she had. She's the first to actually be brave. And the first to be able to make any real progress of any oh, kind. quickly. And that's why Forrest Whitaker's character's like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. Right. And Do so that, that progress comes in this very next meeting where in trying to communicate in written language, she realizes it's hard to talk to somebody when you're wearing a hazmat suit. Well, yeah. we all look the same to them. Right. There's no concept of individuality because we all look like these homogenous orange, orange blobs. blobs. Yeah, right, right now it's just human. Yeah. Right. And I feel like this is actually a good time to talk about how cool the canary in the cage idea is. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's what coal miners used to do to make sure the air quality was pure enough to breathe. Yep. Um, if the canary died, time to get out. Did you know that actually whenever they created Tweety Bird, they used Sylvester as an allegory for the dangers of mining coal? No. I made it up right now. Oh. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, but... Have you ever played Balderdash? No, I haven't. Oh, you'd be amazing. You basically have to lie. Would I be amazing? You all would be amazing. Are you, are you, are you playing right Balderdash right now? Are you baldered, baldering my dash? You probably should just play and find out <laughs> if it exists. Two Chunks Game Night? Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where we get the first written language from the heptapods. And this is our first successful communication beyond point and... You know? It's pretty good, actually. (laughs) So here we are. And I'm kind of just now deciding this is my super dumb. Wait, I have a confession. (laughs) In making that noise, I have a cramp in my neck right now. (laughs) We need to slow down. (laughs) Oh, wait, kind of. Guys, I'm actually hurting. Oh. I'm, on, I'm just going to figure it out. Y'all keep going. I'm not making that noise ever again. Oh, my goodness. Keep going. <laughs> so, as I was saying, we're at my super dump right now, and I'm kind of just deciding it's my super dump. It was very, very difficult to come up with a super dump. Okay. Um, the heptapods, they've seen this moment before, yeah? Right? Like, their whole point in coming to Earth is to give us, spoilers, the tool. Sure. The written language. Yeah. Why do they even fart around without drawing a big circle on the glass? You know what I mean? Why don't they just walk in? Like the second humans walk in, they go and spit right. up an ink circle on the glass. I don't, you know what that did for me? <clears throat> and my neck's a little better now. So I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm just speaking gibberish. Um, to me, that pointed to some kind of almost sovereignty of these beings. Because I think that's a question I ask myself a lot of like, why didn't. God, just show me this. Why didn't he just give me this right from the start? And there was something that I had to like figure out on my own. Yeah, maybe that it, maybe we are. And I don't want to get into like some kind of like spiritual. Well, I think there's precedent in the movie of like they come and they land 20 feet above the earth and make humans reach the last 20 feet. Right. And they also didn't have to split it into 12 parts. And there's like all these things that they did to make it harder. Well, I, because I think part of understanding their language and by that, seeing time, you know, as a stacked circle versus linear. Right. I think part of understanding their language is understanding the need for their language. I mean, if they knew what was going to happen, maybe they were just waiting. For Louise. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and hear me say, I agree with you guys, and I don't have a problem with that element in the slightest, but the rules say well, and I'm also that not I saying, have to super dump, yeah. and so I did. Sure, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm also I really not saying don't have that, a problem with yeah, that at all. I do think that makes sense 
to an extent too. And I mean, I super dumped on. I mean, you clearly y'all didn't agree on the Force Whitaker hot take. Either, sure, you so. probably won't agree on my super dump either. So that's just how it goes. Sometimes. Okay, well, we're super dumping, and that's all that matters. That's true. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to super dump. Um, but this is where we start to get some of the coolest progress, and it's almost a training montage. <laughs> like it's almost a Karate Kid esque <laughs> yeah. training montage. You're the best. Karate. Right. But it is it is a growing relationship between humans and the heptapods. Yeah. While a growing fear between humans is happening at the same time. Yep. Um, and so we we get this juxtaposition of those in the know and those qualified are realizing how amazing this is and that the heptapods seem to be mostly benevolent and interested in communication. Right. And those who are not in the know are fearful and taking drastic actions. You know, yep. the, the other the other nations of the UN cut off communication because they feel like that's what the aliens want from them. Well, and this, the, go ahead. No, you go. I think you're going to say the same thing. I'm definitely not. Watch me. <laughs> this whole sequence gives me a whole lot of vibes of uh, the three body problem. Are you guys familiar with this? No, book? I'm definitely not on the same page. Yeah, it's a it's a. Chinese science fiction book, uh, recently translated into English a few years ago. Oh, how fun. Uh, I read this like toward the end of last year and this whole, like the national response, particularly the Chinese response to the aliens, really, really just reminds me so much of that book. Great book. If you like Arrival, check out The Three-Body Problem. Interesting. That's cool. And also talking about like their communication, I love the scene, and you were probably about to go there, but the scene of how the Chinese were communicating via Maijan. Right. Which was like, oh my gosh, th- this is some of the best lines, if not the best lines yes. in the whole movie. Big pump, almost my super pump. And Amy Adams is like, Luis is like, well, yeah, but what if I was like teaching them based off of chess? Like there is one purpose to these games. It's right. like to win or to conquer. Or, if language so, is a binary. Yeah. Like this this doesn't work. Right. And so brilliant. Like so much of it is brilliant. And I wonder how much is new writing. Like how much of it is not just an adaptation of the book. I think a good amount of this is new. That's crazy. That's crazy. Is new new writing, new scripting, yeah. Um, but but I think to me that is what separates this from um, other alien movies where we're interacting with, you know, beings from another planet. Yeah. Is the subtlety of communication specifically. I mean, that is the core of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would actually argue it's not actually, we'll get there, but the core of what this movie seems to be is communication and how vital it is. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, and because of that, it's a way more educational look at how the worlds are working together. Yes. It, outside of it being like, you got tanks that are better than ours. Do you want to fight? You know, it's like, yeah. It's not that. It's like you're getting to see. It's it's not a universal language, and everybody's having to figure it out on their own based off of their building blocks. Sure. It's so fascinating. And how they approach. Yeah. Um, so we, I want to start burning through some of this because I want to spend a good amount of time on the end. But yeah. um, when we, we get one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie here in this sort of middle section, which is when it is, is revealed to us just how much she is actually starting to understand this language that she is dreaming in it. Yeah. And we get... From her, one of the best acted scenes in the movie, in my opinion, which is talking to Ian, who we know is there. Yeah. But talking to some other being in the room that we don't see until the very end. Yep. Yeah. And it's our first, well, not our first, but one of our biggest hints of 
the nonlinear nature of her understanding of time starting to show because the scene of its reaction in that moment so is the scene that we get when she goes and meets uh, Costello uh-huh. in yeah. the ship at the end. Yep. It, that is the same backup that he does. Uh-huh. And so she is seeing something that has not yet come in her dream oh. because in her dream she understands so this cool. language. It, I feel really dorky saying this all, but it's just so it's, cool to it's me. It's really unlike anything else. Yeah. Like this this movie, I mean, to take a second and talk macro picture, I can't think of another thing that I've seen that's in anything close to this movie. No. Sure. So you're going to feel dorky talking about it, but I promise it's okay. Sure. And it, it, it is nothing if not unique Yeah. for certain. Well, and what's cool is like the create the, the big creative component saturates every component yeah. of the whole movie. Yeah, I agree. It's like you. not like this was introduced at the end. It's like everything, like the circle is figurative and literal and yeah. like amazing. Yeah. And so um, I don't remember if this is before or after the sort of rogue section, but there we is up, no before or after. So it oh, matter. there it is. So we sort of end up as just a construct of your human language. <laughs> flat circle. Horrible Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I was, he's not even the one who says that. No, line. was that Pat McConaughey for yeah. you? Then? Okay, yeah. that was great. Pretty good. Yeah, we can brush past that. Was fun. No, no, it's it. <laughs> That was great. That was fun. <laughs> Mine was supposed to evoke the spirit of Woody more than anything else. Then I else. definitely got it. You, well, didn't, there you, go. you didn't hit enough of your hard L's. I did it. Just I swallowed it. Jim Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we get sort of a cool scene of Ian getting this breakthrough of realizing that he has exactly one twelfth of the information. I know. Which, doesn't it feel like he's like, I can contribute finally? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's totally getting like outshined for much of he's the whole plot. He's jazzed about numbers. Sure. And he gets a number and he's, he's like, you know what that is? About you know what that is, right? <laughs> <laughs> 0. 0.083333. Three, 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 three. Did you guys know Allow what me that, to, no. Did you guys know what it was as a fraction before he said it? No. I mean, I could have jumped to the Not assumption. everybody can. <laughs> oh. So some people got to be the 1% of so the brains in the world. What he really wants us to do right now is tell him t- that he reminds us of Jeremy Renner and I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of it. He's crying. Wow, saying. he just ran out. He's crying. I mean, Renner does ever see me shoot a bow and arrow. <laughs> there was that deleted. Did you have the extended cut of yeah. Arrival? So there's that deleted scene where Renner does eat trash can chicken. Oh, he does. So they are so I totally similar. Forgot. Well, they changed the line. She's he's like, it's time. And she says, Time for what? And he says, Time to bust out that trash can chicken you've been hiding. <laughs> about that. You know, you might be like Jeremy Renner. <laughs> it's my new job to at least bring that up once a month. <laughs> I love it. I'm done with this episode. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. So, what if you did it? And someone like no, is at the end is like, what's silent. your opinion on the movie, Doge? Chirps. <laughs> well, that's it for today's episode. <laughs> so, throughout this movie, we've seen the seeds being planted of these soldiers who are frustrated with their lot and confused as to what they're doing, confused as to why we're trusting these aliens. But then even more than that, they have allowed themselves to be influenced by um, outsiders who are confused and scared, understandably so. Um, And there is one soldier that we've seen pretty heavily involved. In fact, I think it's the guy who gives them their ID cards at the beginning. Yeah, I think it is. Um, But he decides to make a pretty bold move and take matters into his own hands with the heptapod problem. Yep. And before they can close the door, he goes up and he sets a 10-minute charge as Louise and Ian are running back to reopen a session with a few minutes left. Yep. 
to make a little more progress. Yeah. Um, so this is before the one of 12 because this is when we get um, Abbott is frantically putting oh, these. Oh, that is such an intense scene. Yes. Yeah, it really is. The, it was the, at this scene that I had to like, I had to pause and go do something else when I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait a little bit. Because I know this gets intense, but it like was drawn out more than I thought it was. And I was like, dead gummit, I have to pause. That's <laughs> such a bad point. It's like when it's you're watching awful time to like the TV version of a movie you love, and you're like, this is where you put the commercial right. break? Yep. Here? But yeah. So Abbott is frantically putting these circle letters, these, I don't know, even well, know what they the, called them. The massive one. I mean, the, the one that just does this cloud of them. Like yeah. so many, yeah. And then he, um, uh, I think Costello draws with Louise. Yeah. to make a letter herself um, as this clock is ticking down. And then the gunfire starts outside when security realizes what's happening. And with one second left, Costello leaves. Yeah. And Abbott <laughs> kills the gravity in the room so that they fall to safety, sacrificing himself. I forgot that's what that is. It feels like he's pushing them out. I know, but they're upside down. Yeah. Yeah. They're fall- they're just falling. He's oh. just turning off the gravity. So cool. Why it's is amazing. it that something like that, just a literal like change of perspective? I know. Just rocks our world. Because it, it seems like he has like the force. Yeah. yeah. But he just turns we the didn't gravity. We talk off. about them being named Abbott and Costello. I think that's which really is brilliant. Cool. It's amazing. Yeah. The Abbott and Costello's most famous routine is who's on first, all yep. about the misunderstanding of the minutia of linguistics. Right. Yep. It's so good. It really right. is. And I actually think I had them reversed. I think Abbott is the one who draws with her and Costello shoots all the circles out when he leaves. I'm not sure. Whoever shoots the circles out is the one who... That's the one who lives because yeah. he, he retreats so that Abbott can be the one to save them. Yep. Yep. Um, it is Abbott. Abbott's the one who dies. Yes. Or becomes death process. So that's yeah. my favorite line in the entire movie. Uh-huh. Um, Abbott is death process. I don't know why. It, when I saw it, I remember being like, no, like he's it death crushed. Process? Yeah. yeah, Abbott death process. Abbott no death remember process. Abbott, Abbott was like, I love you three thousand. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, this is something that's just occurring to me. Maybe this is nothing. Tell me if it's nothing. Please tell me if it's nothing. Okay. Start Abbott is death process on any word in that is death process Abbott. Death process Abbott is process Abbott is death. Abbott is death process. I think that's nothing. I really think that's nothing. I, I think don't it's something. <laughs> it's definitely something. Um, so I think it. I can't believe we've brushed over this now that you're bringing this up, though. The heptapod language is a real language that they created for this movie. It is fully readable Sounds and writable. Familiar. Part, of, part of my superpower. Sounds familiar. The um, what's it called? The scanning mechanism uh-huh. that they use to read them is a real algorithm that they really created. All of the images that are writing the circles and push, they are. They are using a program Phenomenal. on the set to do all of this stuff. Um, made by the Wolfram people, right? That do Wolfram Alpha? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This all points to such a... Like movies, really good movies, most of them are research projects. Yeah. yeah. And we are seeing the dissertation. Yeah. We are seeing the end result. Yeah. And the more thought that's put into that, the more immersive it becomes and the better movie it is most yeah. of the time. I so agree. cool. I completely agree. Because think about all the things that these directors, Ridley Scott, Steven Spielberg... Denis Villeneuve have learned from their movie-making experiences. Like, that's almost more than probably what their education was at film school. Oh, I'm sure. Between all the research, I'm sure. But the fact that they're passionate about it, too, I just love it. I agree. So, once we leave, we got some concussions. We're sad about it. We see that Big Domino has decided to retaliate. The leader of the Chinese army... General Shang. ...has decided to retaliate. 
And um, we know that others will follow. It's a mess. We're retreating. We're getting out of here. And Louise says, no, I'm not done. Yeah. And so she runs out and is met by a Tic Tac that comes down to take her into the ship. Really cool, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that. Very thing. awesome. Um, this scene is one of my favorite scenes. The effect is my super dump. Um, I'm fairly certain all of her hair is CG. Yeah. Like Aquaman. Yeah. So I just don't love the look of like kind of underwater, kind of not. I wish that something, I don't even know where else to go with it. And again, yeah, you got to find something. But sure. sure. Yeah. I wish that, I wish that maybe it had looked a little different. Don't ask me what that means. Sure. But that is my super dump. The yeah. scene, however, it means that legally you had to super dump on the sure. movie. <laughs> this scene, however, is the revelation of Abbott's death process, but it is also our big reveal of our twist. Yep. In a movie like this, having a twist is not something I expected while watching it. The twist being, of course, this daughter, this relationship she has seen has not yet come to pass. When she's when she said the first time I watched it, when she said, "I don't understand who is this girl." Yeah, it was like it's like somebody stuck two vacuums on either side of my ears and just sucked everything out. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, Luis's or Luis sees future. Is that what he says? Yes. What Luis? Just- Luis has weapon. Luis sees future. Ugh. And this this culminates with we get the look at Costello, huge, terrifying, looks like a walking tombstone the size of a blue whale. I mean, it's I'm with glad they're on legs. our side, is yeah, what I'm saying. For yeah. sure. And um, this is when we find out that their purpose, while benevolent, is not entirely selfless. They've come to give us help so that we can help them in three thousand years. Because they've seen it. Yeah. Right. The, it's, but they, it's not even that they've seen it. It's that they're doing it right now. It's so strange and awesome. Yeah. But this is also when Louise realizes how to stop this. Yep. And it's that she already has and she will. It, it is the coolest and weirdest view of time I've ever thought about. And it kind of makes me feel very small and lightheaded to well, think about it not, for a long time. It makes humans, like the whole thing is like how to, how to become a four-dimensional being. Right. Which sounds very how to become a four dimensional being. Right. You should be dropping yeah. the link in. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. Um, but I think what's so great about it too is it didn't have to be flashy to give you such a flashy concept. Yes. It was like they knew the writing. Denis is flexing his muscles. He knows the writing is so good that he only needs just a few. Like when you thought there's a lot of pieces, it's like, no, it's these four big pieces just, just kind of fit together. And this is how it works. And you're like, wait, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I love I love the scene of of calling Shang and getting the words. Um, Sweet phone, by oh, the way. Shang. Sweet phone, yeah. <laughs> Gold. But the party telling the words, all of this to get everything fixed. Yeah. And then we go away. And that is chronologically the ending of our movie. Yeah. But I want to spend just a minute Talking about, of course, now we know that Hannah has yet to be born. Yeah. And that if Hannah is born, she will die. I mentioned with prisoners that Denny doesn't make a movie unless it's asking a question. Yeah. The question in this movie is, if you know something will turn out sad and painful, would you still do it if it was mostly good? Yes. And that's the question that causes Ian and Louise's future relationship to fall apart. Yeah. Is when he finds out you knew that us being together would result in Hannah, which would result in this pain. Yeah. And you still let it happen. Dude, I can't help but point back to this movie is so spiritual. Yeah. Whether he meant to or not, 
But like, I mean, I, I, the reason I would say yes, and it's not trying to be like, because I'm brave and I can handle awful things. It's like, that's what my faith is built on. Sure. Like knowing something would happen 33 years after there was a birth, like, but doing it anyway, because all the good stuff that happens in that three decades, like that is why I would say yes. Right. And that's why like this movie hits emotions in a, in a gut that I didn't know I had. Like, I think yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And, and such a hard question. <clears throat> So hard. To ask of yourself. Yeah. Um, if you could see every single day of your life, would you still choose to live your life? And the heartbreaking talk she has with Hannah in the park. Yeah. Knowing that it's going to happen. And then it's unstoppable like you. And then she says, you know, I'm unstoppable. Yes, dude. Oh, Stop. Chills. Yeah. So cool. Did you read what the words were that she told? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Something about war. Yeah. War. Uh, there are no winners in war, just widows. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a thing. I guess the guy who wrote the line was mad that it wasn't more audible because well, he was no, like, I worked so hard on it's it. It's not even in the caption. Yeah, it's not yeah. even subbed. Yeah. Because he said, because Denis, Denis brilliant, but he's a fox. Like yeah. he's a sly fox yeah. or something like that. It's such a funny uh, I quote. guess he, he broke what the line was the second somebody asked him because right. he was like, I worked so hard I on know. it. I know. He's got Denis, like Denis has his respect so much that he's like, Wah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Denis. And so um, we get, once again, on the Nature of Daylight by Max Richter. Yep. Bookending our movie. Somehow it's not so sweet that it's cheesy. No. That, that her daughter's name is Hannah because it's the same forwards and backwards. Especially if it had happened before and we had been like, oh, she's just obsessed with palindromes, then I yeah. would have been, I would have rolled my eyes. But because everything her life is now based on wraps around palindrome and rhyming and back. And how, yeah. cool, how cool about Renner? The guy who plays this yeah. character, Whoa. his name is a palindrome. Hold yeah. on. And Adams in yeah. Villeneuve? Dude, Adams backwards, smarter. <laughs> Denis Villeneuve backwards, Eleanorville. Wow, that's yeah. pretty good. I made it up. <laughs> but that is the end of Arrival. Dude, have you ever played Balderdash? You'd be good at <laughs> You mean Hillesab? What? Don't I do know. that. You're being ridiculous. Sorry. I think it might be time... Unfortunately, to stop talking about this movie and start rating this movie. Okay. Do you agree? Yeah. We're going to do that with science, much like Ian tried to do in this movie. Mm -hmm. The scientific cinema scale, which is communicated through words, words, and is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing, that's going to be buy it and then rent it. That's followed by stream it and then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. So I should go first, I guess. This movie is, if I had to really choose, probably my number one favorite movie of all time. I, I love the way it makes me feel. I love the way it looks. I love the acting, the dialogue, the cinematography, the soundtrack. I, it This is a perfect movie for my tastes. Um, I think everybody should watch it. And I, I really think the only way to not like it is if you just can't do sci-fi, if that's not your jam. Because other than that, I think it's got something for everybody. For sure. Um, for me, this is an easy, own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. Love it. This is going to be a very easy poster for me as well. Yeah. This movie, uh, I didn't include it in my top five last week. because, And I think it was only because it had been a minute since I'd seen it. Yeah. Uh, this movie... Waffles with Raiders sometimes for my number one favorite movie. Um, Sci-fi is my jam. Pretty unequivocally and exclusively my jam. Yeah. Uh, 
I can't think of a sci-fi movie I like more than this one. Mm. It's so good. It's a buy the poster for me too. Um, and to try and honor the metaphor king that is Jordan. I tried to come up with a good metaphor. So we've talked about how cinema or movie making is an art form in itself, okay? So what Arrival is not, Arrival is not like when you go to a science museum and it's all this hands-on stuff and there's all these like grubby kids touching everything. You're like, whoa, if you move like this, it follows you. Like this is a, I'm at the DMA or I'm at like a beautiful place that is sim- simply art or modern art. There's a bench in front of a big portrait. And you're like, cool, there's a bench here. I need to focus on this more. I sit down and I look at it and I just ponder over it and I get lost in it. Yeah. And then it, and then finally I'm like, I think I get it, but I get it as it relates to me. And then I go home and I'm like, oh, wait, no. Okay, now I get it. Like, right. this is what this is. Yeah. It's just something you just get to sit there and just observe. And I think that's Denise Pace too. I think, I think as you said, in Prisoners too, he just kind of lingers on stuff for a while. But where it was more uncomfortable in Prisoners, for here it was kind of like, just beautiful. We didn't really talk about it, but the way the spaceships go back. Yeah. I mean, become engulfed in cloud and fog and so much about this was just gorgeous. And so it's a buy the poster for me too. And it's awesome. way, this might be our most collectively loved movie mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. we've done. How's that make you feel, Jordan? As really it good. To the table. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like weirdly proud of Denis. Just like, oh, my sure. boy. Well, and that's so exciting too is like, with him being the youngest, he's not like a rookie on sure. the director scene. Yeah. But that that should he's make us collectively time. so excited. Oh my god. That it's Denis that we're like, I'm oh so excited my to gosh. See what he does. Denis fits alongside uh Damien Chazelle really nicely for me in terms of like these up and coming dudes who are just gonna absolutely crush it over the next 30 or 40 years. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. Well, and the weird thing about Denis is he's been he's he's no longer, I would argue, up and coming. He's here. Yeah. He's here. He did Blade and Runner. And like, I yeah. think he, I think we might be witnessing the prime of his career in front of our eyes right now. We yeah. are in such a good man. What a time to be alive! Like we are in such a good director, like time frame too. Because yeah. almost every genre, 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 every genre, almost every genre has like this young, like Jordan yeah. Peele, like all these oh guys gosh, that are just yeah. coming in. And are amazing. Whoever yeah. whoever is directing Hobbs and Shaw, him as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> throw him Let's just throw him in the sauce. Is it is it, uh, is it Justin Lin? I don't think so. Or is he doing Final Furious? Hot Wheels. Final Furious. <laughs> He's doing Hot Wheels. Oh, he is. Wait, oh my he, gosh. Is it Aaron Paul in that? No, that's, Aaron Paul is the need for speed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bad. Sorry, Denis, that it got to Hot Wheels, but <laughs> sorry, Denis. <laughs> so please make sure. That you vote in our poll for Summer of Love 2, Return to Summer. And check out our next week's episode over E.T., the extraterrestrial. And boy, is it. <laughs> and Guys, he's so extra. He's so extra. Oh, there it is. <laughs> what a fun remake. If it's just like this over the top. It's, it's an alien. It's just like, I bought everybody cupcakes. <laughs> just always taking selfies. To end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and to mismatch one of our movie aliens with another one of our movies. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan. And I would love to see the xenomorph riding in the front basket of a bicycle. (laughs) I'm Doge, and I would love to see E.T. just enormous in an aquarium talking in his broken English. Saying E.T. phone home a whole bunch and them not understand him at all. <laughs> and then I'm Carter. The only option left is so scary. <laughs> I would love to see the heptapod coming out of the egg. Oh! 
absolutely not. No. Just suck on <laughs> John Hurt's face. Hey, I would love to never see and that. And impregnate him with the greatest horror the world has ever seen. I accidentally Ew. created the scariest movie ever. That's y'all's fault. That's what you left me with. Oh, that's so... Imagine, this is on you. Imagine the reaction meltdown with the heptapod just... How many crew members were on that ship? An alien. Seven. He has seven legs that all have that thing. He one, just gets one all their faces. Her. Gets all of them at once. That's like a way shorter movie, though. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Ridley? Yeah, I can talk. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.